You're listening to Music Tectonics. Welcome back to Music Tectonics, where we go beneath the surface of music and tech, where we went to the moon in a self-driving rocket and planted a beacon that radiates a call to all music tech startup founders, where we sent out a message to the music listening chips implanted in these founders' heads, encouraging them all to build cool stuff for more listening, better music, high payouts, and side effect free medical treatment using sound waves to heal all human ailments. I'm your host, Dimitri Vitsa, founder and CEO of Rock, Paper, Scissors, a PR firm that specializes in music tech, and I am the official mascot of the Music Tectonics Conference and this podcast. Today, we get to do a deep dive with one of our conference speakers, Bob Moss, the Managing Director of Techstars Music, a three-month mentorship-driven startup accelerator program. You'll hear all about it. Bob was also one of the judges on our Swimming with Narwhals pitch competition. This was our first music tech startup competition, which was won by Jaquel Amancona Horton with her startup Choir. That's Q-U-I. Y-E-R. And one of the most exciting things about the Music Tectonics Conference, which took place online this year, was Jaquel's rise to prominence in the tectonics community because she connected with us exactly the same way you are as our wonderful listeners. She found the podcast all the way from Switzerland, and in our subsequent conversations, as she got involved with the conference and the contest, she kept referring back to various interviews I had done. It was one of those full circle moments I had envisioned when I started the podcast to find out who our listeners are and then to end up on stage with them at the conference. And this episode with Bob is another full circle moment. We met many years ago at South by Southwest when he was at Topspin Media where he worked between his stints at Yahoo on music and Twitter on music. And when I was just launching my startup, StoryAmp, the automated music PR platform. And so Bob and I, we've been ricocheting around the country and around the world, and we've never really connected in person again. So this is finally our chance to catch up and uh, find out about all the cool stuff that Techstars Music's been doing all along, and especially this year, the strangest year of the century. Bob, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Um, I'm glad to be here. Thanks very much for having me. Cool. So let's just jump right in. Um, I, I uh, suspect a lot of our listeners know about Techstars music, but for those who maybe don't, what is it? Sure. Um, so Techstars, let's talk about Techstars for a second and then music sure. more specifically. So mm-hmm. Techstars, uh, we run accelerator programs all over the world, um, and we do that in 10 company batches. So we're looking for, um, in Boulder, we're looking for the Rocky Mountain region. In Techstars LA, um, we're looking for the 10 most interesting startups in Los Angeles. Um, and then, and, and those, the Techstars Music um, also runs in LA, but Techstars Music is one, so just one of those many accelerator programs. Techstars mm-hmm. Paris, Seattle, London, Boulder, Chicago. Um, we run them in the Middle East. We run them in Australia and Southeast Asia. Um, and, the, and you know, the, we like to think of ourselves um, as the first institutional check that founders would take. Um, and officially, um, we are the world's largest seed stage investor. Um, because of the volume of of deals that come through of companies that come through our accelerators, so TechStars Music. If you if you think about um, my colleagues on the TechStars investment team or the MD team, um, each one of those is sort of think of them as a partner in a in a very diverse and very wide ranging fund. Um, we're all making ten autonomous investments a year. Uh, my program is a collaboration between TechStars Venture Capital and the global music business. So. In my case, some of the funding for my program and some of the ownership in the fund that I'm investing out of um, is shared by what we call our member companies, Sony, Warners, Avex, Bill Silva Entertainment, Royalty Exchange. Um, 
Peloton, Amazon Music, Concord, and E1. Uh, these companies fund our program so that we can then turn around and fund companies solving problems uh, for music. And so once we once we find those 10 companies from different places in the world, um, we invest $120,000 into each of those, uh, in each of the 10 companies. In a normal year, they would move into our office uh, and spend 13 weeks with us in our office in LA. Um, next year, we can talk more about this in a minute, we'll be running totally virtually. Um, but then we, we spend sort of um, those 13 weeks introducing them uh, to mentors, helping them get their business strategy correct. Um, those mentors come from music. They come from platform tech. They come from other startups. They come from um, venture capital and finance and media. Um, but we, we, you know, we sort of use that mentorship-driven you know, sort of four, first third of the program to get, them, to get them focused in the right direction. Then we have a smaller sort of execution focus period where we try to build the right thing and, and, and grow their businesses. And then finally, a final third where we prepare them for fundraising and uh, they could leave our program and, with a demo day and an investor deck and a product roadmap and, and some evidence of achievements from their relationships. And that, and that takes them out into, um, into the venture ecosystem where they then capitalize their companies. Some go immediately raise seed rounds. Some do pre-seed funding and, and angel rounds. Some go right to, right to Series A. Got it. So I, I think, you know, a lot of startups and, and founders that are, are listening have probably looked at various accelerators and incubators. What are some of the key differentiators between Techstars Music and other stuff they might be looking at? Um, well, okay, so very basic, the difference between an incubator and an accelerator. Um, an incubator is a place where you are trading equity for office space or real estate. So, hey, we're housing these companies. They, they live and work here. We're not really providing uh, capital directly into them. We're not giving them um, some sort of structured uh, mentorship or guidance or, or platform, but hey, we have office space and in, in, instead of charging them, you know, they're giving us a couple of points of equity and we're helping them develop their idea and housing the company and giving it a place to start. So that there's, mm -hmm. a, there's definitely a difference, right? An accelerator, we're writing a check. It's a, it's a specific program over a specific amount of time. Um, we're, you know, we're not, uh, yes, there's real estate involved, but it's not permanent. Like we're there, you're in and out of our office in sort of 13 weeks. It's much more, uh, we are investors in the, in, in the company trying to move it forward and, and accelerate its business. Hence the accelerator term. So, um, the way to think about accelerators sort of globally are, um, there's sort of like, you know, us, uh, tech stars and there's YC, Y Combinator. Um, both accelerators work at a global level. Um, both, uh, have, you know, portfolio values in the in the tens of billions of dollars um you know both have thousands of companies that come through them both are real signals of validation uh and 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 you know meaningful development and, and deal flow for other investors everybody else is sort of kind of hit and miss um you know i, I think the, the way to think about it is is if an accelerator uh doesn't have hundreds of millions of dollars in follow-on capital that they can show you as a founder that have come to companies that leave their program, um, you have to really dig in and make and, and make a, an individual decision on whether or not the capital and mentorship and opportunity that the accelerator provides is, is sort of worth the cost and equity. So in our, in our case, um, I think for music, you know, our aspiration is to be sort of the one of the, you know, the great grade A front doors to to the venture ecosystem for companies that are related to music. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of other accelerator programs around the world that are really great and do a good job on individual case by case basis. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I don't I'm not in, I'm not in the business of sort of like, hey, here's our competitive pieces and and we're better than that. And, and, and these guys are different. Um, but I think you can look at Techstars 
as as sort of like one of two accelerator programs that that just has standing permanently all the time. Um, and so, if, as a, if I'm a founder looking at accelerator programs, I either need to have a specific relationship with the MD and or a path to something that helps me grow my business directly, or I need to be working with a, an accelerator program that has standing and platform and and real track record of validation. That's the way. Right. So That's- from, our, from our perspective, you know. You know, we're kind of we're we're kind of the leading program in the world in terms of capital deployed and capital raised by by our portfolio. Um, part of that is because of the TechStars tech network that we sit on top of. A huge part of it is that, and another part of it is is that you know we have the cooperation of the the global music business and and a bunch of big platform companies um, coming in to help us too. Does that mean if uh, a music startup applies to another regional TechStars program, they'll get redirected to the music one, or do they sometimes end up landing in, say, a, a Boulder or a or a TechStars LA or something like that? Good question. Um, the answer is both things happen. So sometimes they go to a regional program. Um, sometimes it's about the, what the founder wants. Um, so from our perspective, from a TechStars you know angle, we want it to be about what the founder needs and wants to grow their business. Right. Um, and so we've had music-related companies in our Paris program and in our Atlanta program and our Impact program. Um, you know, Next Big Sound was sort of the original first uh, music-related company that came through Techstars and, and, and had a great exit. They went, came through Techstars Boulder. Um, obviously, there wasn't Techstars Music at the time. Um, right. You know, they were doing the Boulder program in 2009. Uh, but it's happened and and will happen again where, where interesting music startups, you know, don't all of them go to go to my program some of them go to other TechStars programs but since the creation of the music program in general we'll you know behind the scenes other mds find companies around the world we share information we move companies back and forth between programs but for the most part the creation of the music program was we think it's a good time and a good you have thesis about investing in music so let's make a program specifically about that and and for the most part we'll direct our deal flow there Got it. So you kind of mentioned three phases of the TechStars music program. It sounded like there was sort of like a education, maybe ideation phase, then a building phase, and then an investor pitching phase. Did I get that right? Think of think of the first phase more as mentorship. So mentorship, who okay. are the people that you can meet who can who can help advance your business in a hundred different ways? Some mentors are about product design. Some mentors are about financing. Some mentors are about strategy. Some are about rights or, or your relationship with artists and other media companies. Some of them are about uh, how to manage your team and recruit talent. Um, they're from all different walks of life. And sometimes you're meeting with those mentors um, and you're meeting with their role, right? So if you're meeting with the corp dev team from Spotify during a mentorship session and you're a company that Spotify might acquire later in, in your life, you're beginning, we're helping you build that beginning relationship, right? That might take years of you nurturing and, cult- and cultivating for like the, for there to be an exit. Um, those things don't happen overnight, right? They, they, they take, they take relationship. So, um, that in, in that case, you're meeting with that mentor in their role, but then I might pair you with another mentor who's like, Hey, that person is like the, you know, head of finance at some media company. Why am I meeting with this person? And it's like, Oh, well, in previous lives, they've done this, but they're also a super hyperactive angel and have made a bunch of interesting investments in companies that have succeeded that are related to you. So that person's a hyper connector. And while, so you're not meeting with them in their role, you're meeting with the individual and the individual can share insight and information to help you move your, move your business forward. So got it. Got it's it. not school. It's grow your business. And, and each founder that comes in gets a different sort of curated list of mentors. And in terms of those three chunks, how does that fit into the 13 weeks? I assume the investor pitching comes at the end or afterwards yep. is the, is the, is the building phase within those th- 13 weeks as well? It's kind of all the time, right? You're okay. <laughs> building your company and growing it and changing your product continuously. 
Um, but if you think about the, think of it as phase one is mentorship. Phase two is, okay, now that we've got the company pointed in the right direction, we've got a bunch of feedback. We might have some pilot or some experiment campaign or, or customer development experiments to run because of that were created by the mentorship process. Mm-hmm. Let's go execute on that. What is the, what are the, the very quick changes we need to make to make a radical change in our business before we go do fundraising? And so there's a middle phase there that's, you know, sort of, think of it roughly as months, right? It's sort of, um, they're not equal uh, periods. It's more like five, six weeks and then three, four weeks and then the, and then the end. Um, but you like divide them into those three buckets. And the, the middle part is particularly about execution on the business uh, as re- and, and implementing the strategic changes that you learned through the mentors. Gotcha. But in this program, there's no Techstars dev team that's helping to actually build product, right? The technical... Um, the technical development, bring your own dev team. Yeah. Okay. Cause the, the accelerator that I went through locally here in Bloomington sprout box, they actually had the dev team. So, you know, I didn't have a technical co-founder, which, you know, brought along its own problems, but yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) That like we're heavily biased. Like I never say never. Right. But like we are very heavily biased against companies that don't have a tech team and inside of the, the existing founding founding team. Got it. Okay, cool. So um, let's get a little specific. What are three or so examples of companies that have run through Techstars that really made some progress as a result of their uh, participation? Oh my gosh. Um, or you know. can name 20, three or 20, yeah, whatever. They only had, they only <laughs> give you three. Um, that's hard to say. <laughs> you can give uh, me more. Well, so let's do it. Let's do, so uh, we're recording this, um, what, middle of November, November 12th? Yes, yes. Um, so yesterday we announced uh, that Shutterstock had purchased Amper Music from our saw that. class. Um, so that class has already had three acquisitions. Maybe we should start there with the with the exits. Um, mm-hmm. Our 2017 class, uh, Amper Music was uh, purchased by Shutterstock. That was announced yesterday. Um, this spring, uh, Splice announced that they had purchased Superpowered. That happened in March, uh, I think. Um, and then the year prior, uh, Acast, which is a big European podcasting company, they they bought Pippa, which is a sort of a self serve podcast hosting platform. Um, they bought that the year prior. So out of the eleven companies that were in our first batch, three have already had exits, and in that same twenty seventeen batch are are still also Community, uh, which is a um, sort of a, a LA based rocket ship here. Um, around uh, text messages, private text message networks um, for celebrities and musicians and people with followings. Um, and Popgun, which is based in Brisbane, Australia, which is has about, uh, has, I think at this point, has about um, 20 million players of a music-oriented game that's built on their AI music engine inside of Roblox. That game I've is seen called, it. That game is called Splash. Yes. Um, so that was our first class of the program. The second class, 2018, um, uh, included Endel, um, which uh, we announced the big Series A for in August. Uh, True Ventures in San Francisco led that. Um, and they were just in the New York Times, maybe middle of October. They, re- they launched sort of this weird AI lullaby uh, product um, in collaboration with Grimes. Endel, Endel makes personalized soundscapes to help you sleep, focus, um, or relax. And uh, uh, Grimes recorded a bunch of really interesting lullaby melodies and stems and the, the NL AI personalizes that for the listener um, and, and helps you uh, go to sleep. So if you want, if you want Grimes to sing you to sleep tonight, you can go to go to NL.io and download that. It's pretty cool. Um, so that company was in the, in this, in the 2018 program, along with uh, Gimme Radio um, and uh, Blink Identity. Blink Identity is sort of the uh, biometric, um, facial and iris tracking uh, system for 
uh, ingress and egress. So how do I get uh, 10 people to walk into a, a secure area without having to check their credentials or badges and know that the people are, are in, have moved in and then exited um, some area, right? So um, that company works pretty closely with Live Nation and Ticketmaster around uh, facial ticketing. They're, they're co-investors with us in that company. Um, and they've got a really interesting uh, business growing right now where um, large uh, sports complexes for youth sports are using the Blink system to help people comply with uh, COVID protocols. So contactless entry, um, uh, facial, you know, your sort of your selfie is your ticket. Once you're registered, there's no more touching back and forth. There's no more um, uh, door handles or anything. You can automate a bunch of stuff to keep people safe and, and healthy as they go in and out of uh, uh, venues. Um, and then in 19, I'll do this a little quicker. In 19, we That's had- cool. Um, Replica is, uh, uh, they make AI voices that you can control and direct for use in games or, um, interactive entertainment products. Um, also in that calendar year was embody me. Um, they were number one on product hunt yesterday with their, uh, new expression camera where you can sort of make live deep fakes on a zoom call. You can pick an image and, and use your face to, as a, as basically as the puppeteer to control the faces inside of a video or a static image. Um, and you can actually broadcast that live in a Zoom call. It's cr- it's a crazy piece of technology. Hmm. Um, those guys are in Tokyo. Um, and then uh, also in that year uh, was a company called the Music Fund, um, which will uh, programmatically um, buy shares of royalty streams for artists um, and, and help them uh, with alternative access to capital. Um, and then last year's program, 2020, uh, included uh, Tribe XR, which is um, once COVID happened, uh, their revenues sort of went through the roof. Like we're finally maybe seeing some consumer adoption of VR. Um, when you combine uh, Quest 2 being in the market and people having just lots more time to be at home and wanting to be in immersive environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in last year's program as well as uh, Strange Loop Studios who make uh, virtual artists. And they premiered their first artist with a live Twitch stream a couple of Sunday nights ago. Um, that artist is called Antifragile. Uh, you can follow them at Strange Loop uh, on Instagram, um, Strange Loop Studios, or Antifragile or uh, SpiritBomb.ai. All of those are are, are labels and, and associated brands inside of their universe. Um, that artist, Antifragile, performs live on Twitch um, on a pretty regular basis now to thousands of people. So that's like a pretty good like high level stack. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving out a bunch of cool stuff like Lars Rasmussen's Weave and. Um, and some other stuff in, in the mix there. Um, mm-hmm. David McKay's seated. There's a bunch of really cool companies in there and, and more news to come about some of those, but that's a pretty good overview. I know. It's hard to pick. It's hard to pick. It's I very know. Hard to, look, but very lucky. We got a good mix. We got a good bunch yeah, of people. Like, it is we're, a good we're mix. very happy with it. Yeah. So, folks, we got an entire year of Music Tectonics podcast in five minutes by Bob Moss of Techstars <laughs> Music. You just heard it all. We're just going to sign off for the next year. Thanks. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Look, man, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm very honored and proud and sort of and, you know, like it's it's not easy to be associated with like people doing rad stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's it's um it's cool. Like I'm proud of it. I'm apologies if I, if I go on too long. About no, it. no I apology. Love our, I love our portfolio and I think there's some amazing people inside of it.
Hey, your level of engagement shows in your descriptions, your deep knowledge, uh, your contextualization. So to me, that just speaks more highly to what you do um, to see how engaged you are and, and really being able to pull those out and, and articulate kind of the value prop of all of them and their successes and so forth. So I, I think it's cool. I'm not actually... I'm I'm not actually teasing you about about that. It was just uh, cool. You're, to, you're yeah. welcome to tease too. I can take. <laughs> so, um, really cool. Very diverse. Really interesting. Very forward thinking. Lots of future forward stuff in that mix. Um, but let's talk about this year. I mean, obviously, TechStars music is going to be different coming into 2021. How will? And you mentioned mm-hmm. this a little bit, but how will this year differ from previous years? I mean, how will it be? How will it not differ? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's so weird out there, man. Um, uh, so the practical way to talk about this is in 2021, we're going to run entirely virtually. So we're going to make the same $120,000 investment into 10 companies, right? Um, 120 K each, uh, but there'll be no required travel, um, no relocation to LA. The program will run entirely online. So, um, the way we like to talk about this is, um, we have to lean into and be intentional about the positive things of a virtual program. Mm-hmm. So more of that capital goes into the company and less of it is spent relocating to LA or, or moving around the planet. Um, we have mentors in Tokyo, London, Nashville, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, LA, San Francisco, Seattle. Um, right. We have, we have, we have mentors all over the planet. Um, we will now have a, a, an easier time connecting you to people um, who know how our mentorship program works and can spend time with founders and have valuable meetings. Right. So there will mm-hmm. be, we're lucky in that this is our fifth year. We have four years of history and people knowing how it works and from track record, people will trust us and we'll be able to, to engage people on a virtual basis. Um, you know, we also had, you know, a shocking number of thousands of people paying attention to our demo day efforts and, uh, and distributing those online. We have a bunch of changes we want to make that to make it even more engaging. Um, it was kind of a lot of work. It felt like we could have made made a feature film last year. Hmm. Uh, we'll definitely cut that down. It'll be it'll be shorter and smaller and, and even more polished this year. But um, there's a bunch of things to like about that and, and positive pieces of it. Um, but the biggest piece that I think that will be that will be will be that is a it's not a change in our in the way we want to operate. Well, it is a change in the way we want to operate in that like when you run virtually, things are more inclusive just as, just hmm. naturally. Um, and inclusion is is super important to us. Um, and so the nice part about, um, and look, we would have made it, we would have made our sort of diversity and inclusion and social justice commitment around the founders we're going to invest in, whether we were in person or virtual. Um, mm-hmm. but the interesting piece about it is, is that, um, when you, uh, run entirely virtually, you actually remove a bunch of biases that are inherent in your, in your selection process. Right. Um, like, so you, you know, you don't meet people in restaurants, people don't have to come to you to meet in person. You don't go, um, to their office and judge their office. You don't. Uh, wonder if they have to come to you in a, in a, you know, in a co-working space somewhere or a hotel lobby or whatever. So there's a bunch of sort of like just structural pieces that you remove that actually like those things create barriers for people um, to participate. And so um, in, in, a, in a cool way, that sort of virtual inclusiveness lines up with us committing this year and every program going forward to have half of the CEOs in our program come from diverse backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, the particular focus on black and female founders and, and LGBTQ plus founders. Um, you know, we, we've always had this in our stated thesis, um, which we can talk about in a second, cause it doesn't include music companies. We can talk about, about how Techstars music doesn't invest in music companies in a minute. Um, hmm. but, but it's always been part of our thesis and an acknowledgement that black culture and gay culture drive music culture and music culture drives planetary culture. And so if we are going to invest in companies that are going to get 
you know, venture size returns, right? These companies are going to have $100 million in, in annual revenue or they're going to have 100 million users on the consumer side. These things have to touch planetary culture for, for them to be to be the kind of companies we want to, to own equity in. Um, mm. And so we've always had it in our thesis, but in, in our portfolio, it is, you know, part of our actions, part of just the, um, uh, the way our pipeline worked, part of the way the market worked. We were just underperforming against those goals in our portfolio. And so um, this year we, we, you know, we looked at it long and hard and, and took sort of a burn the ships kind of approach to it, which is this should be half the portfolio. Um, and, and if we are incorrect and, and make those decisions badly, you know, we're putting the entire performance of the, of the fund and the program at risk. And that's the level of pressure I think that we need, that we need for, um, you know, for this to be successful. So, um, if, and, and the interesting part is our members and our LPs, um, have really stepped up. So, um, you know, this news will be public by the time we publish this, this podcast, but both Concord and Warners are offering matching capital um, to startups accepted into the program. So instead mm-hmm. of, if you are a black founder and you come to our program, you're going to get $120,000 from, from Techstars, and you're going to have an option to take another 30K in matching capital from Concord and another 30K in matching capital from, from Warners. Um, that, so that's 180K on the way into the program. And then both of those member companies are offering conditional commitments of another 100K in follow-on capital um, providing your, your the round that you raise leaving the program, you know, sort of meets their strategic and 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 financing qualifications. So to be able to leave our program potentially with you know two hundred thousand dollars worth of commitments into that next round, that's sort of a game changer also for those founders to be to be starting those fundraises with some early commitments. So um, we're not just committing slots at the program on this front. We're not just changing the way the program operates to be more inclusive. We're also putting more. Uh, capital uh, at, to work inside of the inside of the program directly into the companies, um, and then the final piece of that is um, we need to diversify the the not just the the companies that are in the portfolio, but also the mentor pool, which we've been actively right. working on for more than a year, and also the membership. Right, so you need to be able to make sure that there are gay voices on the on the selection committee, and there are. Um, you know, black-owned businesses on the selection committee, um, and there are women on the selection committee, and there are Latinx and 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 others on the selection committee who can who are also recognizing and evaluating the places where we're deploying that capital. Um, mm. and the super exciting thing about that is we're adding uh, Courtney Stewart from Right Hand Management Group. Um, this will also like not announced. This is not this is a secret while I'm telling you right now, but we'll be <laughs> by the time people hear this podcast. Um, Courtney Stewart from Right Hand uh, Music Group. He's the manager of, of global superstar Khalid. Um, they're joining uh, as members also, and will sit on our selection committee and be members of the program starting this year. So um, lots of work on the way the program uh, attacks our sort of our moral obligation uh, on, on social justice front, but also real structural changes against the way capital is deployed and, and mentorship is, is, is provided too. Bob, it's awesome because, you know, so much was said in the in the in the aftermath of the George Floyd murder at the hands of police that was very much about protest and and kind of awareness. But um, it's amazing that you guys made a commitment in that moment that is going to carry on through the year and really have more of a infrastructural shift in all the work that you guys do moving forward. So super, super impressive. And I love all the thought that goes from you know, all the way through that whole, that whole, um, response you just gave and the entire program. So um, yeah, I'm man, super thanks. hopeful to see what comes from that. I mean, listen, like it, it's, um, the, the, the approach we're taking here 
and it's it's gonna it's gonna create some awkwardness and some awkward conversations. You know what I mean? Like, and we're mm-hmm. we're okay for that. Like, we're awkward for certain people, but yeah. less awkward for others. <laughs> yeah, totally right. But like, I, I think the the only thing the only thing you can do. Um, so here's the way I always explain this. There, I think there's two really amazing songs uh, that came out this year. One is Lil Baby's Bigger Picture, and another one is um, a song uh, called Grounds by Idols. Um, I think they're the two best protest songs and the two perfect songs for 2020. And in the idol song, there's a line that's like, um, nothing good was ever mended by you standing around saying you're offended. And, mm. and, and that I took that to heart as long as, as well as in the, in the bigger picture, right? Well, baby's line is, you know, um, it ain't perfect. We might as well start here. Might as well start right now. Right. Might as well start. Um, and so, if you think about those two things, like what is it that we're in control of? We're not in control of a bunch of other things, right? We can't, we can't move a ton of capital. We can't, um, we don't have a hundred million dollar fund. You know, we have, we're talent scouts. We're just trying to find founders that can get into the venture ecosystem. Um, but we do have levers that we can move where we can take a little bit of action. Collectively, our action is relatively small in the, in the grand scheme of things, um, but it's what we can do. And if everybody did a little something like that, um, right? Instead of standing around saying you're offended, go mend something. And if, and and you might as well start here right now. What is the little thing you can do right here, right now? So a lot of it came really from the inspiration of those, of those two songs. And that's how we're kind of trying to keep it, um, you know, keep it in, in our language and the way we talk about it and, and just move forward, do what we can do. Yeah. Let me ask you something practical and then we'll go back to something you were saying just a minute ago. What are the dates for applying and, uh, yesterday for, for, for <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. This is airing on November 19th or it's published first then. Um, yeah. and, and then also when does the program run? Okay. So the, uh, the program will run, uh, starts in the middle of February and runs till uh, first week of May. Um, you can see all the dates and details on techstarsmusic.com. Uh, the public application window um, actually closed between us recording this podcast and it being released. Um, but if you are a founder listening to this and it is not yet December 5th, 2020, um, and you want to be considered or, or have us take a look at your startup for inclusion in, in the program that starts in February, uh, just email me, bobmaz at techstars.com. Oh, an exclusive to the Music Tectonics podcast listeners get to apply after the deadline. <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. There you go. But secret, secret back door from the middle of the Yeah, podcast. yeah. Don't tell anybody, guys. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. You have to listen in to find... You have to actually be interested. So um, so maybe this is related to your comments that, uh, that you don't invest in music companies. I was going to ask, what are some of the most common misconceptions about making a music tech startup successful? And I have a hunch maybe that's related to what you're trying to say. Well, look. If I knew what made startups successful, uh, I would not be sitting here. Um, I would be. I'd be uh, on the beach in the Caribbean, right? Um, <laughs> um, I, like, let's, let's be clear. I don't know what works. Um, I got like the you know the some some uh, of my career experiences to be helpful on what doesn't work or hey over there there's trouble <laughs> maybe don't try that try something different. Um, but mm. I don't know. I can't tell you what to do. Uh, so yeah, but like the 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 joke we make all the time is TechStars Music doesn't invest in music startups. Um, and the, and we kind of mean it, right? Like we, we want to invest in startups that are solving problems for music. There are a lot of people who love music who then in turn want to go make startups around their own personal way. They wish music worked. Um, and there, every, you know, one person is going to make something amazing out of that. Um, but the vast majority of other companies are, are, are going to flounder because of they don't understand the dynamics or the incentives in the, in the marketplace. And so, 
the thing that we're constantly looking for and talking to founders about is um, how do you know that this problem you're trying to solve is really a problem? How many mm-hmm. people have this problem? If you solve it for them, what's the financial reward for having solved it? Um, sometimes there's no problem. Sometimes there is a problem, but solving it doesn't create business value. Um, those those companies sort of fall in the feature bucket, right? Sometimes it, it turns out the thing you made is a feature, not a, not a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're trying really hard to find businesses that are, if you can, like, so think of it this way, if you can do this magic trick, the music business will benefit and or you can use music business as an attack point and or you can help artists and or you can help fans and or you can a bunch of the interactions that exist in music come your way. And that allows you to capture value and make money in a business that you then create because you own this particular piece of value. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people who love music and love the culture of the music business and want to be active in it who are building companies that are not solving any problems for anybody. Um, and, and there is also on top of that really hard to license uh, content and make a, a, vi- a viable business, right? Spotify, um, Amazon, Apple, Google, you know, um, and, and some others ByteDance included in there, right? Have, 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 can license and afford to license rights at a scale that is very hard for startups to, to participate in. Um, and so if you, if you're building a service that, that, you know, competes with Spotify or Amazon music or Apple music, you, you know, you're probably not starting at the accelerator level. You're probably coming with some pretty serious backing and funding. You probably have career entrepreneurs with really good, uh, really amazing pedigrees and skill sets. Um, that's not, that's very hard for us to see how that's a layer that we can participate at. Um, mm-hmm. What we can invest in are all the, all the startups that are going to address the, the total reorder of the best practices of music, right? We are, we're now in a totally streaming dominated world, right? Like COVID has killed the last of the, put the final nail in the transactional coffin of the, of the music business. It's going to force a hard reset of the live entertainment business. Um, and so now we have new revenue streams, new interactions with artists, new ways to grow a fan base, new ways to, um, to entertain people. Like those are the interesting companies to us. Um, mm. And so, and, and a lot of those companies have, have, be, have their holes in the market or their window to exist has been created by the transition to and the dedication to Apple Music and Spotify and Amazon Music and the rise of smart speakers and and um, you know and interactive dance videos you know as a social network like all of that stuff creates new needs and new practices and the music mm. reinvents itself and so that though in in a lot of ways um, the big platform companies are have tons of leverage and are driving the way music functions and it's creating openings and, and lanes for startups that weren't there before. So are there specific emerging growth areas or, or problems that need to be solved by these startups that, that uh, you're kind of I- intrigued with? You haven't seen people solving yet that would be the next generation? Oh, man, I have one that I use every time somebody asks me that question, I give yeah. them an answer. And I'm going to keep giving it until I get to invest in this company. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I want to invest in a game where the output of the game is real artists and real music. How do I play the game of music where I'm trying to advance a song or an artist entity through some sort of um, you know, structured system and I have a role as a fan. Maybe you have a role as a curator. Maybe somebody else is, you know, starts out as an artist and actually turns out to become a label owner or whatever, but it's a game and we play it casually every day on our phones and what it, and the side effect of this game, which is super engaging and fun all on its own is hit songs and new artists. Um, I just think that with that, there's a hole in the market for that. If people, someone who could step into that tomorrow 
um, and make something really amazing. And we've been looking at it, you know, trying to find it for four years and haven't gotten there yet. Are you picturing that people are actually making music within the game or they're, nope. they're more addressing the music that exists yeah, within the game? You know, like there's 50,000, 48,000, 50,000 songs, depending on which, you know, which stats you believe um, uploaded to DSPs every single day. Mm-hmm. There are, there are definitely good songs in that mix that are going unheard. Um, yeah. And people, and, and in the same way that people like to play fantasy sports, people like to talk and move around about music and it's not, it's not fantasy sports for music where you're like drafting a team or putting it together or whatever. It's going to have to be something different. Um, but there are, there's def there's something where you, there's, there is a game mechanic where you start in very small little games and then larger games and games within games and work it out. And then suddenly you have, Hey, someone has built a following and a lot of people care about this entity. Um, maybe it's around songs, maybe it's around videos, maybe it's around personality. I don't know, but there's like, you know, Think about a real-life Hunger Games for music. It, it could exist. Yeah. It's like user-generated A&R. I mean, A&R is user-generated now, right? Like A&Rs are, are mining, uh, you know, mining consumption data on the internet and trying and looking, you know. Yeah, but no, but you're talking about a hand. In that case, it's a handful of gatekeepers that are looking at yeah. data of what's happening in the market. You're saying that the fans, the people, the masses become the A&R decision makers and, and things rise to the top. Yeah. And my, my, and look, my thesis on this comes entirely from the adage of like things you see in movies come true. Right. So like, <laughs> come on, go watch the Truman show and hunger games. And like, eventually that's going to like something like that could exist. And it's not going to be the way you think it's going to be. It's not going to be fight to the death, but it might be, it might be, this is how culture gets created in a certain category. This is, this is super fun. I want to ask you, why is Techstars music based out of LA, LA and what is the LA music te- tech scene like? Um, LA music, Techstars music is based in LA because, uh, it has to be sort of based in one of, you know, f- four cities. Um, and I happen to live in LA. So that's mm-hmm. why, you know, like, I'm, like when we're putting the program together, I, I love LA. Um, I've been here since 2005. I have no intention of going anywhere else. I think it's the greatest the four cities you're referring to in the world. Um, uh, you yeah. know, London, New York, San Francisco, LA is the places you could put it. What? No Nashville. <laughs> Uh, no, um, look, the Nashville, the Nashville ecosystem is in, is in a good place. I think it is growing, um, rapidly. Um, but the technical infrastructure and the access to capital is, is not there yet. Yeah. Um, right. and, and, you know, I think LA is the perfect place to put a program like this because, you know, you're down the street from the culture and, and an hour away from the capital. See, I can't argue with you. That's why we chose... Yeah, that's why we chose LA for Music Tectonics. I was looking around. I wanted to do a conference looking around, and it's like, well, there's a hole in the West Coast, and that that kind of uh, kind of nexus existed in San Francisco for a while. But all of a sudden, you saw all the labels putting more investment into LA again. You saw the connection between music and and film and TV kind of kind of a renaissance there, and and then of course the gaming. Uh, uh, kind of nexus and and social media platforms and so much just all happening in LA at once. Um, but interestingly, Bob, when I've gone to LA over the past couple of years as we launched the conference, it was hard to find. <laughs> it, it's a very dispersed city, and uh, I, I am still curious to see what what you think the the music tech scene in LA is like. See, I, I don't um I don't know. I don't think it's fair for me to comment. Like I um we have been so globally focused from the program perspective. Um, and also like I'm kind of, a as much as public as I am about stuff, I'm kind of an introvert. Um, hmm. like networking is hard for me. Um, 
my network has been built by work and by relationships with people and doing things, not mm -hmm. by like intentionally going out and meeting people and networking. And so um, there is an LA tech scene. It's largely on the West side in Santa Monica and Venice. Right. Um, I am, I am allowed in that scene, but I am not a member of that scene. And it's not because I don't want to be, I think there's really talented, amazing people there. It's just that, um, I think from a thesis perspective, we have to deploy capital globally. Right. We have to be looking everywhere. I think most of the opportunity for new music experiences and, and awesome stuff is outside the United States. I think most of the capital is inside the United States um, and it's on the West Coast. And so I think the LA scene in general for tech is getting better every single day. And it's the, it is the city I would move to if I was starting a startup and I lived somewhere else. Um, but I am not, I can't, it's hard for me to comment on it just because you know, our portfolio companies are active members of that more than so than, than I am. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit of an influence. Well, I'll, t I'll tell you, there isn't a whole lot. There are no magnets for LA around music tech. I know because we kept going back and looking for them. There's, <laughs> you know, there's a couple of people here and there, you know, uh, Day Bogan or has a, has a meetup, but also just his presence. Um, and the folks at Vest also do a lot of events and so forth. But um, we're, we're going to keep coming back as soon as we're allowed to come back, as soon as it's <laughs> safe to come back and, and keep yeah. building that. And would love to, you know, have you out and, and uh, get you out of your comfort zone and do some networking. Haha. <laughs> I don't believe everything you said there, but, but, but um, it's genuinely true. Like I, I have, it's, um, and look, I, I don't mean it in a, in a, in a competitive way or, or try to have false humble thing or whatever. Like, like it is exhausting trying to find and sort through companies for the program. Yeah. Um, and I got two young kids and I like to be outside. And so, yeah. um, I have worked really hard over the last couple of years to try to strike a balance between being on airplanes, being in hotels, meeting with founders, going places, figuring out what we're investing in, helping our existing portfolio companies and still being super present for my, for my kids yes. and my life and, and my, and, you know, and just enjoying my, the city I live in and stuff. So um, relatable. <laughs> that's, that's, that is, that's why it's not, it's not commentary on it. I think the LA hmm. tech scene, you know, it's very West side oriented. It's a real thing. Um, you know, Anna Barber, uh, who runs Techstars LA, you know, just moved to a venture capital firm, uh, M13 on the West side, like LA, LA is having a good moment right now where, a bunch of people connected to TechStars are really close to it and and valuable and, and part of it. Um, I you know I need to do better and be and be 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 a deeper part of it. Um, it's just hard when I'm when my my I feel like from a thesis perspective I have to be very globally focused. Yeah, I, yeah. I got to be up on London and and Sydney and Brisbane and Berlin as much as I am on LA, even though I happen to live in LA. Yeah, totally, totally. And you know what you said earlier about removing barriers with this online program. I'm, I'm I'm absolutely positive that thesis is correct. We saw it with Moving Music Tectonics online this year. We had participants from India, uh, Australia, Switzerland, uh, you know, all, all over the place, and also with the podcast as well. Versus, you know, all the connections I make at conferences, music tech conferences, I hear from many more uh, African Americans, people of color, via the podcast than you see at a typical music industry conference. Uh, you know, um, there are conferences where there's more diversity. There's genre 
genre diversity and so forth. But uh, I definitely think what you're saying is is correct that this weird moment in time also has some advantages for in, for increasing access. And yep. uh, and for and sure. sure, you don't need to be focused entirely on LA. I'm just cu- always curious about it because we chose LA for our conference. So um, <laughs> this has been super fun. I, I do want to ask you one last question, which is what are your favorite sources for keeping track of emerging trends and innovation in music? Because I'm always looking at those sources and sometimes we find some interesting ones we haven't heard of. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I have a pretty well curated Twitter account. Um, you know, and I, you know, I can, I can say that having been an employee there and, and mm-hmm. an early user of the platform, right. It's still really essential to me. Um, I've gotten lucky in that we, some of the people we have invested in have gone on to, you know, create really interesting companies that have, and meeting the investors and the employees of those companies and people they've been associated with and growing through, uh, you know, our member companies and, and learn, meeting all the employees of the member companies and talking to them. Um, you know, that process has given me a, a really interesting, like I actually have a bunch of like group text chats where mm. I can ask questions and people send referrals and move things around and talk about different issues and put things back and forth. I read all the same things you read. I'm online constantly looking at stuff um, and reading updates. Um, but most of my, um, you know, because we're investors at such an early stage and our goal is to be the first institutional check into companies, so much of my stuff is about people, not about trends or companies or stuff, right? So I'm, mm. I'm more interested in like, hey, this really talented person also worked with a really talented person at this other company two jobs ago and they're still friends with them and it turns out that person's getting ready to start a company. Can I be in the first, you know, 10 or 15 people to get on the phone with that person and say, tell me all about it, let's hear about it maybe our program can help you get the company started. So um, I think the way to do it, if I was going to give a piece of advice that would help people track what's going on is track humans, not, not ideas. Um, And the, and there's, and you know, I think there's probably 3000 people who are genuinely really truly committed to and talented and, and work in, in real tech for in and around music. Um, And I think that the more of those people you can sort of identify and follow and watch and, and, um, and listen to and learn from the, you know, the better. Um, so I, I guess the way I would, I guess the, to try to turn that into a piece of practical advice, I would, I was like, you know, go look at the connective tissue between people, um, and do, and instead of like trying to network with those people and try to track them down and ask them what's going on, go make a thing and get people's feedback on the thing you've made. Like if you, if, if you ask people for help and advice and connection, their guard goes up and their, um, they become self-protective. But if you make mm. something and ask them for advice or feedback on the thing, they'll talk to you all day mm. and, you'll, and you'll learn way more by building a genuine relationship with them, with them that way. So awesome. That's, Great. That's kind of how I think about that. Great, great advice. So let's give a final shout out to folks that want to check out more about Techstars music. Where do they go? Uh, they should just go to uh, techstarsmusic.com. That's all the practical details. Um, that'll redirect you to, uh, to our program page, but it's an easy URL to remember. Um, they can also come to me uh, via email, bobmoz at techstars.com. Um, I'm at bobmoz on Twitter. There's plenty of places to do it. We also have um, you know, some pretty interesting uh, you know, music town hall, tech town hall things that we did with our member companies this fall um, where we get on Crowdcast for an hour and and – I have, I'm a, I'm a very bad talk show host and I ask some goofy, <laughs> goofy questions of our, of a panel and then, and people in the audience, like, you know, answered poll questions and we had a discussion and, 
Um, I think we never had less than a couple of hundred people on the call at any one given time. It was really cool. Um, and people and people were in the chat pitching their companies and connecting on LinkedIn and a bunch of our mentors were there helping people and giving advice and debating. And we had artists pop in and, and be on the panel and talk in the chat. And um, those are all archived. Um, uh, let me see. I'll read you the URL so you can, you can go through it. It's just crowdcast.io um, slash E slash TS music. And there's a whole list of them uh, there. I'll send them to you, Dimitri, and maybe you can awesome. put them in the description yeah. or whatever. But we're going to leave Let's those up and, and leave those archived. Um, yeah, I'm just looking right now. The one we did, uh, you know, yesterday morning had 202 people on the call. Um, so just a, a place where people could sort of like, you know, group together and, um, and, and hear about what we do and how it works in a little more detail about the program. There's a founder interview from Steven Phillips of Popgun in there, Mary from Blink Identity, um, Oleg from, uh, Endel. Um, there's also comments from Amazon Music and from Sony and Warner's and Avex, uh, all in all mixed in there. So, and uh, you know, good discussion about the DNI stuff and comments from Concord about that. You know, they've got a ten million dollar impact investing initiative that they announced in those calls. So, there's a bunch of cool stuff mixed in there that gives you a pretty good flavor of what's what's up in the program. Awesome. Bob, this has been great. Thanks for sharing those resources and thanks for taking the time to be with us at Music Tectonics. Hopefully sometime soon we can find some spot in LA and see <laughs> each other, hang out in person. And until then, let's just stay in touch. Thanks for joining us. Yes, of course. Everybody out there, wear your masks. Uh, yes. you know, everybody has grandparents and, and older relatives um, and people in their lives with, you know, uh, other other conditions you know be considerate be thoughtful you know mask up let's get through this here here i'm with you thanks again bob all right man and thank you for joining music tectonics please hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and did you know we have a music tectonics community app and right now there is a huge infusion of activity and membership because everybody that went to the music tectonics conference is heading in there right now we had a huge list of high quality interesting innovative folks at the conference and now they're in the app you can look it up on uh, the google play or in the app store on ios apple and join there or go to app.musictectonics.com Thanks for listening. You're listening to Music Tectonics.